is Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, let's not waste any time. Uh, we've got the patented random album generator right in front of us here. Uh, so let's hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. Uh, and the album we're going to be listening to is Grateful Dead, American Beauty. All right. Okay. So this is what it says on allmusic.com. It says, uh, with 1970s work, Working Man's Dead, the Grateful Dead went through an overnight metamorphosis, turning abruptly from tripped-out free-form rock towards sublime acoustic folk and Americana. Taking notes on vocal harmonies from Friends, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, the Dead used the softer statements of their fourth studio album as a subtle but moving reflection on the turmoil, heaviness, and hope America's youth was facing as the idealist, idealistic 60s ended. American Beauty was recorded just a few months after its predecessor, both expanding and improving on the bluegrass, folk, and psychedelic country exploration of Working Man's Dead, with some of the band's most brilliant compositions. The songs were... Uh, the songs here have a noticeably more relaxed and joyous feel, Having dived headfirst into this new sound with the previous album, the band members found the summit of their uh, collaborative powers here, with lyrics, lyricist Robert Hunter penning some of, the, uh, some of his most poetic work, Jerry Garcia focusing more on gliding pedal steel than his regular electric lead guitar work, and standout lead vocal per- performances from Bob Weir on the anthem to hippie uh, the, on the anthem to hippie love, Sugar Magnolia, Ron Pigpen McKernan on the husky blues of Operator, and Phil Lesh on the near-perfect opening tune, uh, Box of Rain. This album also marked the beginning of what would become a long musical friendship between Garcia and Dave Grisman, whose mandolin playing adds depth and flavor to tracks like the outlaw country folk of Friend of the Devil and the gorgeously devotional ripple american beauty eventually spawned the band's highest charting single truckin uh, the greasy blues rock tribute to nomadic counterculture but it also contains some of their most spiritual and open-hearted sentiments ever their newfound love of intricate vocal arrangements finding pristine expression on the lamenting broke down palace and the hev- heavenly nostalgia and gratitude of addicts of my life while the dead eventually amassed a following so devoted that following the band from city to city became the center of many people's lives. The majority of the band's magic came in the boundless heights it reached in its live sets, but rarely managed to capture in the studio setting. American Beauty is a categorical exception to this, offering a look at the dead transcending even their own exploratory exploratory heights and making some of their most powerful music by examining their most gentle and restrained impulses. 
It's easily the masterwork of their studio output and a strong contender for the best music the band ever made, even including the countless hours of live shows captured on tape in the decades that followed. So uh, this was released in November of 1970. Uh, genres are folk rock, country rock, and psychedelic rock. Released on Warner Brothers Records, produced by The Grateful Dead and Steve Barncard. Yeah, and if um, if you're listening along with us, uh, it'll start... The album starts with a song called Box of Rain, and uh, side one ends with the song Candyman. So if you're listening along, you want to... Um, pause at uh, at that moment and then we'll take a uh, break and we'll discuss the album halfway through here we go here is the uh first song on american beauty by Gr- the grateful dead called box of rain Okay, and ending side one with Candyman. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really liking this so far. It's a vibe. I mean, I'm still more of a preference to their more, you know, psychedelic roots, but this is still like, you know, they're, they're good like folk and, and sort of like uh, alt-country sort of songs. Um, and... There's still there is still some psychedelic elements in There's there. There's little elements in here, yeah. You know, even that that warble on the the organ there at uh, the end there at Candyman, um, and I think I noticed a couple of effects on uh, what was it, uh, Jerry Garcia's pedal steel. Yeah, and the guitar tone on uh, Sugar Magnolia. Yeah. That's that's very psychedelic, but yeah, they, I, yeah, they, they kind of. Um, I mean, I, it, it makes sense, you know. Bands want to grow oh, and experiment and want to do different things, and but uh, yeah, I mean, this is. I always the lyrics on the on this one are so far are great too. Like I always liked Friend of the Devil, and um, like and Sugar Magnolia is a, another song that I always liked. Um, those are the two I'm familiar with so far. Yeah. Like this band is, they're so good live. Like they play like you, I mean, obviously they're known for playing, you know, like 300 shows a year and, you know. Yeah. This is basically just playing every day. They're basically more of a, (laughs) yeah, they're more of a live band than, than anything else. I mean, they're really you know they really paved the way for the whole uh like the jam band sort of scene in the 90s that where it sort of picked up where they kind of left off and they had people like uh fish and um uh blues traveler was part of that the grateful dead were really the first ones to sort of they sort of they sort of set the blueprint for that kind of thing and they were known for like expanding the songs to be like 15 minutes long and it's all improvised and you know it's all you have to be the right in the right mood for something like that because it can be tedious if you're not ready for it yeah Um, well you know a a toke on some reefer definitely helps yeah yeah right exactly but uh yeah no i i've always liked that um I've always liked that 
like bands sort of expanding. I know the Black Crows sort of, uh, they did a lot of that. Um, uh, but yeah, and all this, I mean, they, and I was watching a video, uh, about how they developed this, this big sound system. I think they called it the wall of sound where you could be, uh, like so far, this was in the seventies and you could be like at the back of wherever they were playing and it felt like you were right there. So they, cause they wanted everybody to feel like, you know, you may not be able to see the band, but they you want, they wanted everybody to feel like they were in the front row, at least, you know, sound wise. And so they did all this stuff and, and it's, it really revolutionized how live shows progressed. And now like obviously audio technology, they don't need all those speakers. They can do that. Um, but uh, they were the really the pioneers in um, moving the needle with uh, quality sound and really making sure concerts actually sound good or better than they ever had. I mean, oh, they could sort of use that a little bit more again today because I've been to some pretty echoey concerts. Well, the the problem with that, it, you, like arenas really aren't, good places to see concerts but uh no i'm i'm really enjoying this album um yeah I, it's not it's not the uh the jammy psychedelic stuff they did before but it's it's really um i mean they're so far they all the songs have been great yeah they're good songs so i guess we'll uh, move on to the second side of the album and uh it starts off with the song ripple so here we go Right, ending the album with Truckin'. Uh, another song I always liked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I really like this album. I like this sort of laid back, um, sort of easy vibe it has, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really liking this. Yeah, um, yeah, I was really enjoying it as well. Um, there's a lot of, uh, just really good songwriting. Um, the uh, bass player is really on point. Uh, yeah, Phil Lesh. He's he's really good. Very very solid, but also uh, he's got some pretty interesting um, bass lines to to present as well. So that's pretty cool. He's really good. They're all great. You know. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Garcia's guitar playing is. I always feel like he was underrated as a guitar player, yeah, but he's always doing some interesting stuff he did a lot of like he got into like a lot of spanish scales and stuff yeah. that he would do and yeah very very cool and then bob weir was just like a really like bluesy guitar player um so it's interesting the blend of those two yeah the two of them sort of played off each other and brought their uh respective skills to the forefront and it, and it creates an interesting dynamic yeah this is this is a really really cool album um i've never i wouldn't i've never i wouldn't say i'm not a fan of the the grateful dead but i just i'm not familiar with a lot of their stuff i'm familiar with some stuff on this album um and then you know a few other songs from other other albums but uh i have not dived that deep into their stuff 
Yeah, me neither. Um, th- this album, like, uh, this is a, a so- uh, an album full of songs, um, to say. Um, I always found that a lot of the Grateful Dead stuff was a little bit almost too laid back or a little bit too, I don't know, airy for me. But uh, this is like the, just a nice blend. Yeah, it's a nice balance. It's still got, uh, maybe it's that 1970s production sound that I just like. Um, that's partly it. And again, yeah, you kind of have to be in the right headspace for that. And um, a lot of people who followed the band around were in that headspace, um, whether with help or not. So, you know, they carved out their own sort of niche into the in the music business. It was just like very uh, adjacent to the music business. It was less of, less of a business. I mean, there was a business aspect to it, but it was, yeah, it was just this completely different, it's almost like some sort of a commune or something like that. It was just... Yeah, and I always, I always wondered how people did that because, well, like concerts... Yeah, I was going to say, concerts are expensive. So I don't know where they people got the money to to go around and... and uh, Well, I guess in some of the earlier days, it was kind of just like get on the bus and follow along because the, the tickets weren't that expensive at the time. But I mean, there's people that devote their whole lives to doing that. I would, I would get tired. I think, you know, now... Yeah, I would get tired too. So I guess the question is... Would you listen to this again? I'd probably listen to this again. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I think it needs another listen to uh, to for me to like really get into it deeper as well because it, it it hasn't like one hundred percent clicked with me like like one of my favorite albums of all time. I enjoyed it, but I still need to you know. I think I think it could get there. It's one of those they're one of those bands that actually has the potential to to grow on you to grow on me a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way, yeah. So, I, yeah, I would listen to it again for that that reason. So, I guess we'll uh, end the episode there. Thank you so much for listening if you made it this far. Uh, you can uh, check us out on polyphonicpress.com. Uh, you can drop us a line there and uh, get the past episodes and all that kind of stuff. And um, if you feel inclined, you can help us out on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash polyphonicpress. Uh, lots of cool perks there like you can get uh these episodes a week before they go out live and you can um uh, pick an album for us to view and uh get a shout out at the end of these episodes and uh i think that's pretty much it Uh, i'm jeremy boyd and i'm john van dyke take it easy